Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. What is up, everyone? Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. Follow us at No Truck Stops Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. I hear the youths are over there. I don't know. For the olds like me, email us at no truck stops podcast at gmail.com. I am here with the good doctor, but football idiot, Carlos at Equity Bruin. Hello. And Greg... I'm so disappointed by everyone. And the uh, witch, I believe, I think is the official term here, uh, Avery. Never bet against the vibes. <laughs> I, uh, Avery, you, yeah. uh, you sober this time? I was rude on the street is that you were a little <laughs> drunk last week. So the street, so the get, streets were saying. Couldn't get any team's name correct. <laughs> <laughs> that was... What a time. Yeah, what a, a time. great time. What a time. But you were actually not drinking. Now you're drinking. I was not drinking. <laughs> That's what makes it so embarrassing. You think not you just... can read the vibes drunk? Like, come on now. This is serious business. The um, vibes are a science. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's I, metrics. I to, there's, yeah, there's a process here. Um, we mercifully, that's a real word, uh, only had five Pac-12 games this week. So we actually have somewhat of some energy here to get your team's name right. We'll see how we do. Um, it's probably safe to say we learned a lot about the conference this week. Uh, we'll talk about all of them. We'll play a cool game of this or that and talk about stonks. And we'll have a truck stop or uh, for, for some Pac-12 news as usual. But first, let's talk about the most consequential outcome of the Pac-12 slate. Competent Stanford upset number three Oregon in Palo Alto. Um, Could have been anywhere, though. Nobody was actually there to watch it. Uh, 31 to 24 in overtime. Um, nothing of, of consequence or anything led to it getting there. This was a very straight up and competent game on all sides, uh, including um, the including the administrative staff of the football game. Uh, Oregon had a 24-17 lead, lead late, um, but Tanner McKee led the game-tying touchdown drive with under two minutes to go, um, sent it to overtime where the Cardinal pulled out a win. Oregon dropped to number eight in the AP poll, um, but some bullshit that Stanford didn't actually get ranked out of it. I don't know how... You only dropped by five points to that. Um, this was a very bizarre game. What reactions do y'all have to this upset, Avery? Let's start with your drunk ass. Hi, everybody. It's me, um, Avery Brave Grapes on Twitter. 3-0 and with my bad vibe games predictions. Um, everybody told me I was dumb and number three Oregon wouldn't lose to Stanford, but I was correct. And I'm very happy about it. No one, um, no, no one, no one called you dumb and said this was your not, safest I'm bad vibe. I'm pretty I'm sure Greg. Sure. Okay. I'm no. pretty sure Greg called me dumb. I didn't use those words. Nobody called I you dumb for the pick. Insinuate that the idea that betting on Stanford's run defense. Okay, and stupid. to be fair, Stanford's run defense was terrible. <laughs> was I like, just underestimated how bad Anthony Brown could get. Yeah, yeah. and how good and Tanner right. McKee could be. I doubted be. the vibes. You doubted the vibes. Have. I made. I made. If I was a betting woman. I mean, because betting is illegal in the great state of Utah. 
I would have made a lot of money off of this game. Imagine um, admitting you live in Utah. <laughs> Carlos, did you say that you think this was my safest pick? Of the three. So you've had three bad vibes picks. You've had three. Fresno State was a 10 God, point. you hate UCLA I so think, much. I think that. Fr- so I think I, this was the least safe. I think okay, well, let me safe. let me run through the three. Three. Uh, you, the first one, the first bad vibes game of the week, it was Fresno State. Uh, they were a 10 point dog to UCLA. They beat UCLA. No, Oregon Jake Hayner beat UCLA. Jake Hayner beat UCLA. Oregon State was a 17-point dog to USC, and Oregon State beat USC. Stanford was only a 7-point dog to Oregon. Um, yeah. So I mean, I guess if you're looking this at the is your spread, safest one. I think if you're looking at the spread, I feel like I still feel like Fresno State was the safest pick. I think all of us were a little worried about UCLA yeah, going into that's that fair. game. Stop, yeah. criti- stop criticizing Avery for her being able to move the line. I mean, no one's criticizing bad vibes. Okay, <laughs> no Vegas, one's criticizing. They just heard this podcast and yeah, moved like, it. As, <laughs> I think it opened at eight, but nope. I, <laughs> I, I felt um, the worst about this one. Well, this is the one where I'm like, okay, here it goes away now because I chose a bold choice, <laughs> but. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> In reality, it'll go on one that feels like not a hot take at all. Yeah. Because this is the Pac-12. Exactly. So... No, Oregon Oregon has looked like they were going to drop a game for weeks. Like, yeah. They looked really good against Ohio State, who I'm not sure how good Ohio State is, but maybe they are good. Um, also, Ohio State's ranked above Oregon. Did you guys see that? They're ranked seven and Oregon's ranked eight in the, in the AP, AP poll. In the AP poll. Which is yeah, they always get weird stupid. stuff like that. But I think obviously Stony Brook, they're not going to give a shit about, but they let Stony Brook hang along, hang around way too fucking long in that game. And then Arizona, if it weren't for those five picks, in most of them being in the red zone, like Arizona could have kept that really, really tight. So Stanford's much more competent than Arizona is, even though their run defense is what ass. Did you, what did you think about this game? <laughs> I was getting to that. Oh, Tanner McKee looked really good. He had uh, three touchdowns. He, I think they're on. I think it was like six yards per attempt too, and I think that was just enough to overcome their terrible rushing defense. And Anthony Brown certainly helped Stanford win because he's just not, not great. Like if I'm an Oregon fan, I think Oregon fans are already doing this because we know they're in shambles right now. Most of them have deactivated from Twitter, but I'm considering maybe giving Ty Thompson a lot of more reps going into the Cal game in two weeks because yikes. Those are my thoughts. Carlos, what do you think? Yeah, I thought this game was hilariously mismanaged down the stretch. <laughs> um, for context, I thought this game was extremely funny and horribly mismanaged by both coaches. Um, for context, everyone needs to know that David Shaw and Mario Cristobal are two of the absolute worst late game managers in close games, maybe of all time. Like the galaxy brain shit that they do every single week is bonkers to me. Um, and we saw that here. But most notably, I think, most visibly from Mario Cristobal. Oregon's last um, 
possession was uh was bad and then then how they managed the game on defense when stanford had the ball in the final two minutes was fucking appalling uh it was bizarre to watch oregon had the ball up seven about three minutes to go and on second down threw a pass what i don't know why they called for a pass when they were clearly trying to like bleed out the clock they called for a pass it was incomplete it stopped the clock um and that saved stanford a timeout that they were using then when they punted stanford got the ball in their territory um immediately stanford commits two false starts gives them a second of 20 obviously because like the pac-12 they converted that um of course they did um and then as stanford was driving oregon uh committed a boneheaded targeting penalty that put Kayvon thibodeau out of the game not mario cristobal's fault or you know maybe if it's a discipline thing maybe it is um but either way Kayvon thibodeau gets ejected then as stanford was driving oregon inexplicably like clearly stanford is like rushing against the clock they've got about 40 i think that at that point about 46 seconds left they're getting close to the red zone although i think at that point they had not gone into the red zone and for some fucking reason mario cristobal calls a timeout when stanford had been running the exact same play three plays in a row and was just gonna do it twice more (laughs) Like clear, like at that point they were probably gonna. I wouldn't have been shocked if Stanford was gonna spike the ball. Like clearly they were rushing to save precious seconds and like just get a playoff and maybe call what they were just calling it uh, like they did before. Um, Oregon committed a few penalties, maybe one or two of those were questionable, and then Stanford scored. But that whole sequence of just horrible clock management from Mario Cristobal—that's the kind of shit I'm talking about when I say I don't trust him. Um, that was like an absolutely fucking horrible performance from him as a head coach. I think, um, there was plenty to your point, Avery, Anthony Brown did not look good, did not make, uh, any particularly good decisions in this game. I thought Stanford's offense, um, really looked better than it really should have been. But crystal ball, I think single-handedly cost Oregon this game down the stretch. Oregon, like you said, Avery, had been playing with fire like all season long, and it bit them, and you knew it would because you knew Mario Cristobal was going to do some dumb shit like this. Um, So my initial reaction is just like the management in this game is just horrifying, and Mario Cristobal, I think, is the reason for for much of that. It's hard to shit on Mario Cristobal because of what he's accomplished in his time at Oregon, but the reason he's been so successful is because he's really good at hiring great assistants that stops if you're still handling time in the game like if it's you're also doing a game management it's also a significant like um indictment on the rest of the coaches in the pac 12 right like this is something that needs to be taken advantage of regularly and like yeah you say all of that about Dave, about um mario cristobal he wasn't the worst game manager in this game david shaw did more important shit it just like for some reason it just worked out in his side like it was so bad on both sides yeah like my expectations for mario's game management uh wasn't high like i don't expect a lot from him somehow he managed to disappoint me more than i ever thought he could honestly it's like he did everything he could to make them lose every player on oregon's roster deserves to punch him in the face at least once after that game (laughs) because of that fucking disaster (laughs) Like, oh my god. How how did how did nobody stop him too? Like um I'm just I'm in awe at how bad he was. Uh that was a really weird game because I feel like Oregon was the better team. Like, once the first quarter ended, Oregon took control. And 
maybe the score like the scoreboard didn't quite look like that but like if you looked like who was gaining more yards after the first quarter at some point in the fourth quarter uh the broadcast showed the stat like since the first quarter ended uh Oregon is out gaining Stanford like 280 to 80 like it was a lot Stanford was gaining nothing and, on offense after the first half nothing yeah and then uh it was just like Anthony Brown that absolute moronic read on the goal line like CJ Verdell and an offensive lineman going up against one defender and he takes it up the middle instead like what on earth was he thinking I can't believe that last week I was like oh well I think Anthony Brown's a smart quarterback no no he's a moron (laughs) and I'll never call him smart again I think Greg is allowed to say just just for the people listening Greg is allowed to say that because he's 18 19 I don't. I don't even know. You're you're, in, you're 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 a young guy, Greg. You're the youngest one here by a mile. Um, but you're allowed to say that. I would never say that about a college kid. But I will. Say, I'm a college kid. I can. Do that. <laughs> um. I like. I. I agree. I thought Anthony Brown. Oregon fans have been clamoring for Anthony Brown to get the pine to get bench for Ty Thompson since week one, and he did not look good. I will say. I got into some fights with some some Oregon fans because like Joe Moorhead actually some important context. It, Joe Joe Moorhead was out um, for this game. We don't know why. I don't think it's come out yet. Maybe it will be by the time this gets posted. Um, but Joe Moorhead was out. And I'm wondering how much of that's contributing to the offensive play calling because Anthony Brown was also put in some really horrible like positions. I think there was – Oregon had a first in, or a fourth in goal – um and they were ready to score i think it was like on it was on the goal line and for some reason oregon lines up in shotgun formation and decides to run an option play and like oregon fans are obsessed with like well anthony brown should have made that pitch to cj cj verdell on the outside he would have walked in jeff schwartz said he's not convinced that the play was designed for anthony brown to do that like the way the offensive line was blocking nobody should have like Anthony Brown should have never done that, so it's possible Anthony Brown just did the wrong thing, and it wasn't even a play calling issue. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, but just line up. Anthony Brown's a big dude. Like, line up behind just your line, jump okay. over the line. Yeah, I don't know what that was. I don't know what were you saying, Avery. Well, I was just gonna say, um, with Oregon starting Anthony Brown over Ty Thompson, I think it's clear that Ty Thompson is way more talented. And the reason you'd start Anthony Brown is because he has the experience of an older quarterback, and that means he's less prone to doing stupid shit. If you have a quarterback that's going to do stupid shit, might as well start the talented quarterback that's going to do stupid shit. But it could have been play calling. I'm pretty sure their running backs coach was calling the plays. I could oh, be wrong. That's what I saw. But that's interesting then he was because compensating for his bias. You think he would have just been running the ball, especially since everyone in their fucking dog knows that Stanford cannot stop the run. Y'all, and they, you have Oregon had a 65% win percentage running the ball. Running the ball. Well, I think it took them to like the end of the second quarter to realize that they could just get anything they wanted with the run game. Because Travis Dye and CJ Verdell, great combination. Why are you why are you having Anthony Brown pass the ball? It was. I think Carlos made a good point uh, during the game. I was saying something like that, as everyone was, and Carlos made the point that uh, all Stanford needs to make Oregon pass is like one st- stuff, one run play on an early down, and then Oregon has to pass. 
and when that happens everything breaks down yeah you can't rely only on the run game no matter how good your run game is you have to have a quarterback but they don't they had plenty of first down failures against ohio state and moorhead still stuck with it more well that's because moorhead is like smart for sure i just (laughs) i I do and like don't get me wrong i don't think that moorhead adds 20 points to this game but the 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 creativity that we saw in those early games, especially against Ohio State, of very clearly like there's a play with so many options and we're making the right decision on every single time in the red zone to what we saw in this game in the red zone was night and day. Like they they really, really missed Moorhead. Um the reports that I saw out were that it was non COVID related illness. Um, so I mean, whatever that means. Um, but maybe he was just really tired. I don't know. <laughs> um I I just hate it here. I don't like it. To, to bring it back, I, I don't like it when Avery's right. Um, and mm-hmm. and this is really becoming rooting against the vibes. Yeah, this was is not fun. this is becoming a concerning trend um, <laughs> that we're seeing here. And I just, I, of all people to have power, um, of, and the four of us, this is by far the worst option. I um, get me off this really particular worried. universe. Get me yeah. this particular yeah. universe. Not that I any s- of our timeline is good right now, but this is. This is a very bad timeline. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I've seen I've seen a lot of discourse on Twitter among Pac-12 fans of, oh, that blew our chances in the playoffs. If you've been watching, if you've yeah. been watching Oregon football, you knew this was gonna happen. Like they they do not look like. I mean, they beat Ohio State, and I will give them props for that. That's awesome. But like the shit they've pulled against Arizona, like. They did, were not Brook. a complete team, even Stony Brook. So to say, like, oh, this always this bad luck for the Pac-12. Oregon did this to themselves. This wasn't juju that happened from the refs. Like the refs were helping out Oregon. The refs sucked, the refs sucked. but Oregon should have won despite those terrible calls at the end. Yeah, there were like, some shitty calls. If Mario at the hadn't been a moron, if Anthony Brown hadn't been a moron, they would have won anyway. But the refs definitely made it worse. Uh, another thing, Mario is like elite at getting Oregon up for big games but he's terrible at getting them up for games that are not big like as seen as you mentioned with Stanford Stony Brook and Arizona this is like that's something he's got to get better at and this is like and it was and this, and the, I think one of the reasons why I was like vibing with Avery's bad vibes game of the week is because this was kind of in between like Stanford is not like an elite high profile team right now they are not particularly good um but they're not they are dare we say competent um and they're also a right like they've kind of been a rival with stanford how many times has stanford taken oregon out of national title contention over the past 10 years a number of times um that they've done that so i think i think that all like it, it was just like it was it was not a hope high profile enough of a team for oregon to take seriously and it wasn't bad enough team for Oregon to just sort of sleep their sleepwalk their way through it. Um, and I just wanted to say about the running game, Oregon's running game did struggle a little bit, but they were mostly getting what they wanted. And the point about like uh, getting one run stop per, per drive, like it felt like it felt like all Stan- Stanford was hanging on by a thread, I think against Oregon's run def- uh, rushing attack, CJ Verdell and Travis die. And if they just got one stop, like that was it. Like Oregon had no, like they had no answers. Um, they didn't know what to do offensively. And I think that was, I just wanted to bring that back I just, up. 
I just really think that's such a play calling like mistake because it's not like Oregon is a we're going to beat you four yards at a time. Like the the one the one stop theory works when you're only a team that runs for four yards at a time. Oregon is getting chunk plays out of their run game constantly. Like there's no reason for them to not run it on third and nine. There's just as likely to to get a first down, and it's not because it's a terrible chance. Joe Moorhead is just a lot better than most coaches, I guess, at like keeping defenses on their toes. Like they did a lot of the same stuff against Ohio State, but at the same time, it was like creative stuff that made you go like, "Ooh, that was a great play," you know. And also, Ohio State's defensive coordinator is not good, but. Yeah, I do think not having Joe Moorhead definitely hurt him. But even then, whoever was calling plays really, really sucked. <laughs> yeah, there's a Can reason we, ta- we know Moorhead's name, right? Can we talk yeah. about the broadcast really quick? No. Oh, my God. What broadcast <laughs> so are you speaking bad. of? It looked so terrible. The Twitch stream? Is that what you mean? That's yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah, and like if you were watching it on one of those illegal streaming sites, the single that's what that shit cam? looked like. It was like ABC, too. On ABC. The quality of this Zoom call is better than that broadcast Easy. was. Easy. Yeah, I can actually see the outline in your hat, Greg. Like, I know what that logo the is. The only part of the game that had, like, good camera quality was when they decided to zoom in on Bryce and <laughs> no. Tremaine's No, we're not talking about also, that. Also, I didn't get to see that. And, like, I guess I'm glad oh, I didn't get to oh, see it, it but so I kind of wanted to. Well, there was I mean, you, eight it's minutes still online. where you could have seen online. it. There's, there was we eight have the minutes that it was there on the TV. Yeah, like they then, they had like, one fucking 4K camera and they decided to use Flemings it. Flemings is just like, no, we don't want to look at that. Yeah. Like, we don't we don't want to look but at like, that. But like, let's use our single. Like, zoom and Rod Gilmore's just camera. over there, just like nodding. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, for the love of God, people, please <laughs> mute that ass. Like, oh, so bad. Get him away from my beautiful Pac-12 games. <laughs> um, just, not having Tremaine is gonna hurt Stanford going. Forward oh, he's good. He's, yeah, he's good. Really good. He's good. good. Um, and he he produces. You mean he won't be back them. next week? <laughs> yeah, probably we not. Heard you know, maybe we, we don't maybe. discuss injuries. So, like, I don't. Yeah. I mean, are we sure he won't he won't be playing next week? <laughs> I hope he's back next week. He's been doing the Lord's work for my fantasy team. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Carrying. Well, I, look, but seriously, that was a horrific injury, and I hope the yeah, kid's okay. Yeah. You know, I hope the kid's okay. Because you know, it's just one of those like his ankle turns the other way. It's like, ugh, I, I, I would urge people not to watch it, but people will, yeah. will go and watch it anyway. Um, but that was the only time where I felt like the broadcast was like, hey, this is actually in good quality, which is just wildly unfortunate. But the rest of it was this like fuzzy, like fucking, like if you were watching it on a Game Boy Color or something, it like really, it was bad. It you can only horrific. see half the end zone at a time. And then, like, oh, the camera work that, during the game where it was, like... At the end of the game, Stanford throws to the end zone, and the camera isn't looking, so no one has any idea if it's caught or not. And everybody and their dog knows that Stanford's throwing a fade. They've done it three times. They're going to do it three more. <laughs> like, And the camera's like, no, nope, run up the middle for Every sure. single game for Zoom a in. decade, that's what Stanford does. I don't, like... There, there's, like, nothing more consistent. <laughs> the most so predictable bad. play in the world. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was horrible. That was fucking terrible. This whole game was just, like, it, it like, exceeded what you would expect for, like, a bad vibes game, and it was in the middle of the day. Like, what? Like, the broadcast was bad. The refereeing was horrific. The game management was horrific. Just, like, everything. And, and what's funny is that, like, it was a wildly entertaining game. I had fun mm-hmm. every the single tweeting, The tweeting was elite, I got to say. The, twi- yes. the Twitter was good. Yeah. yeah. The, the tweets were great. Delicious during this game. 
all the bad vibe shit that happened in that game, we didn't know what was happening prior to the game. Like, we didn't know Rod Gilmar was going to be on that until like 20 minutes before (laughs) we didn't know the video quality is going to be terrible we didn't know Moorhead was out and i'm like did i curse this game maybe (laughs) i'm scared of myself concerning amounts of power concerning amount of power on that note let's move on um the other highly impressive pac 12 teams um we can say the because there's two um getting big wins on saturday oregon state beat the absolute living shit out of Washington because they don't have any living shit. So nothing had to happen there. <laughs> um, thriller 27 to 24 in Corvallis off of a game winning kick from Everett Hayes. Why are we giving a kicker credit? Because it was Why, a game winning, it was a game winning kick. It's because Jonathan Smith they, decided to take a knee. Yeah. Four times. Way too much of an attitude anyways. Um, with Arizona state pummeling UCLA in the Rose bowl, 20, uh, 42 to 23. Thanks to a massive performance from Jaden Daniels, he threw for 286 yards and two touchdowns off of just 19 attempts. We call that efficiency, kids. Uh, who looked more impressive on Saturday, Greg, Oregon State or Arizona State? Uh, for me, it was without a doubt Arizona State. They played a better team and they beat that better team by a lot more. Uh, that's what we call analysis here. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, the offense couldn't be stopped with uh, Jaden Daniels picking a great time to have his best game of the season. Uh, like he was dropping dimes to a wide open Ricky Pierce all, all game long. Uh, ASU's running backs did what they do, which is to be great. Uh, I think this is the first season, the first time this season that uh, ASU hasn't had more penalties than the team they're playing, and that certainly helped a lot. They were a lot more disciplined than they have been previously with the exception of that muffed punt which was so so bad uh but didn't matter in the end because they won by like three scores uh all in all very good performance from arizona state i was impressed i think on the other hand though ucla's dbs are so so bad like i was about to call them mountain west dbs but i'm pretty sure most mountain west db groups are better than ucla's dare we call them accountants Dare, dare we say they may be accountants? I don't think they're good enough to be considered accountants, tough. honestly. That's tough. Yeah, but so yeah. I, I, I definitely agree that, that Arizona State was more impressive. I, I think what's hard about that is I think that there may be um, – th- there's more to be said about Oregon State, but I think there, that there's some bias about the fact that I just – UCLA is a more impressive opponent than Washington right now. Um, and so what they, you know, certainly dismantling that team looks a lot better. I, um, most impressive thing from this game, Arizona state got out penaltyed, um, really reining in the, uh, the discipline there for this team. Um, only 10 penalties this time instead of the 100 that they've been averaging this was year. Was it 10? I show 10. I thought it was much less than know. that. I don't know. I don't count. I thought it was like four for Arizona state and eight for UCLA. Mm, okay. That's fine. So- I'm good with that. Um, Arizona state like actually didn't shoot themselves in the foot the entire game long. Um, and all of a sudden they put up 42 points. It's kind of funny how that works. So, um, I, this was just, this was a fun game. It felt relatively well-played. Didn't really feel like there was as much of just the dumb shit going on that you normally expect out of a Herm coach team or out of a DTR quarterback team. 
So um was definitely pretty happy with the performance other than the fact that Twitter user Equity Bruin was on the field playing corner uh, for UCLA. <laughs> yeah, I also think that Arizona State was the more impressive team. Um, I still think that Oregon State is really, really good, especially at the run game. They didn't look amazing in the past game, um, but they basically beat Washington only by running the ball, which was really great. And Washington has a pretty solid defense, but Arizona State went crazy their offense looked really really great their running backs are just as incredible as they we thought they were and UCLA's defensive backs are bad as was said so I'm just confused by Arizona State still I don't know I don't know what to think I'm impressed but I'm I'm not confused who who are you not confused by that's true I'm curious I'm not confused by Arizona State I'm sorry I'm not I I think Arizona State's good I think like they had four weeks where they were playing not particularly good teams they lost to sort of their one good mid-major which is like what every Pac-12 team has like apparently has to go through at this point um except for Oregon um but, like, I think Arizona State's talented. I think Rashad White's really good. I thought uh, Chip Trainum was really good um, against Arizona State. I don't think that um, that they got as much production out of them as they normally would have and as they have against some of the better teams. But a lot of that was just game planning. I thought Arizona State, Arizona State did what I think Stanford really did not, which was, like, identify the one thing UCLA is really fucking bad at. Um, which is defending the pass and exploit the shit out of it. And that's what they did. Um, They said, uh, if you really think UCLA coming into this game, it was, is Jaden Daniels going to be able to beat us? Let's bet that he's not going to be able to beat us because he hasn't looked great coming in. Um, They dared them. They dared him to because they have to, because um, you know what they're good at is stopping the run. And he did like, he was, he was fucking incredible. Like I think Arizona state is at this point, the most balanced team in the conference. They have a good quarterback, and Jaden Daniels proved that he could play at high, against high-level competition. They have two really good running backs who didn't get to showcase a lot of what they were doing, but again, I think a lot of that is due to the game plan that they came in with. They have a really good secondary. I thought despite DTR looking as good as he did against Arizona State and doing what he did against Arizona State, much of what he did came on the ground um, because nothing was available for him um, from from his receivers. His receivers had a hard time getting separation. And I think their run defense was really good. Zach Charbonnet and Britton Brown got nothing going. Um, now, again, a lot of this is due, I think, to some of UCLA's game planning. But primarily, I think it was due to UCLA's deficiencies. Um, and UCLA's deficiencies, I think, really came through. And Arizona State highlighted them. Arizona State, I'm struggling to figure out what their deficiencies are at this point because their line looked good, their defensive backs looked good, their front seven looked good, their quarterback looked good, and their running backs looked good against what has frankly looked like the Pac-12's most consistent team at this point. So I don't have questions about Arizona State. Many questions about UCLA, but that's a whole other fucking story. I think I... you making me feel good about my preseason Pac-12 <laughs> champion pick. Yeah. I think Arizona I'm just State most... gives me a lot of 2019 Utah vibes um, in the sense that they, I... You know there are other Pac-12. There are other Pac-12 teams Sh- that exist. No. All right, and you just went <laughs> off of it on a UCLA game. Shut up. Um, <laughs> they like I truly they are really really good. They are top two, top three in every single like uh, category across the board. I don't see an elite unit though. 
And that's that's what concerns me about them as far as moving forward when it comes to coming into these other games is I don't necessarily think that at all times they're going to have the best unit on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the running backs are elite, but running backs are more dependent on other units than like anything else on the field because Oregon's front seven is going to blow up that offensive line and Rashad White being great it's not going to matter nearly as much when you've got Kayvon Thibodeau and Noah Sewell on the other end, you know? Except they're not playing this year. Yeah. Uh, I meant in the Pac-12 title game if that uh, were to happen. Well, Oregon State's, Oregon State's winning that, so they're going to have to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even, even Utah's um, front seven is is going to be, like, pro- I, I think Utah's front seven is probably the best unit on that field. Now, Utah loses every other unit and probably gets dog-washed in that game, but, like, there's just, I, I think that there are situations where Arizona State is going to be playing in a game that, they don't have the elite unit, and that's that can be concerning. That can come back to kicking the ass. I, mm-hmm. I will say that Ari- the weakest thing about Arizona State is and will continue to be its discipline and its coaching. And I think Arizona State is the most balanced, I think is the most balanced Pac-12 team, but they're also probably the most undisciplined. Um, and that's going, that much like we've seen with Oregon, that's going to bite them in the ass. I don't know when it is. But they're gonna it already has yeah, and they're uh, yeah exactly against BYU, and they're gonna get got again maybe two three more times. If you look at their schedule, I think they should beat everyone on their schedule except Oregon State, and even then it's like um, you know their 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 discipline issues are gonna emerge. They're going to have some very dumb, you know, just sort of games where they're shooting themselves some themselves in the foot that's going to happen i don't know when it's going to be and trying to pick what games that those are going to be is a fool's errand i think it's i think if you had to pick one it's utah because i think utah's mostly plays clean mostly plays kind of disciplined even if they're like they struggle but um non 2021 utah sure i i mean to bring it over to the oregon state side though i think that when you talk about the coaching in, in both of these last two games and what we saw from Oregon, what we've seen from Arizona State and that concern, I Oregon State the way I think that this is one of those games that coaching wins you. I think that they they weren't absolutely killing Washington. They weren't doing things that just looked like they were absolutely gonna run away with it. And there was absolutely opportunity to give this thing away. And having solid coaching, having coaching that that continues to stay the course, I think really helped in i mean even when oregon went down in this game or oregon state went down oh in this game, come on matt we thought we moved past screwing up these cats names it's all right oregon i don't state. get one i don't get one <laughs> no uh, we're doing when, gender equity here if, if avery's allowed five you're allowed one <laughs> okay all right I guess, whatever um i just like oregon state still only threw the ball 17 times still you know still stuck there stuck to their guns still stuck to what they do well and I think that that's where you talk about that concern of seeing Arizona State go to Corvallis, that they're going to be down in, in coaching. And so if they're not elite in some other manner where like a USC wide receiver core would take over the game, I don't know that ASU has that against a team a la an Oregon State that is just going to play solid everywhere and is going to beat you at coaching at the end of well, the day. Well, let's talk about Oregon State in that Oregon State-Washington game because I feel like um, the first thing that I like think about this game is the polar opposite of game management um, from from the Oregon uh, Stanford game. Jonathan Smith managed this game beautifully, especially the end of this game, like just 
fucking perfectly. No, don't forgive that. Uh, like, forgive what? I like at the end of. Are you okay? So don't I'll, trust. I'll, don't trust a kicker. For the so love of God, don't trust I, a kicker. I. So here's what happened for context for people who I'm didn't get to watch the end of this game. Extremely anti right now. I don't even know why. Um, Jaden Redding's fault. You no, can say it. So no, this was there's a, a lot of them. <laughs> this was a tie game at 24, and Oregon State had the ball. I think they got the ball back with about, uh, I'm going to say about five minutes left or four. Actually, it might have been less than that, four four minutes left, something. I can't remember. I was watching the UCLA-Arizona State game. Um, there's other all, teams out there, Carlos. There are geez. other teams, unfortunately. Um, and Oregon State, first of all, got what it wanted, got the runs that it wanted, was doing what it had done all game, um, which was get successful plays on the ground. They had a 56% success rate on run plays, which is pretty good. Um, and then when they were in the red zone, or about the 20-25, they started playing for a field goal. Um, they said, we're going to be the ones who have the ball last and whether this game goes to overtime or not, it was a very low-risk situation. If, if for some reason, Oregon State, Everett Hayes, their kicker, misses the kick, they go to overtime anyway. And so they were playing for the kick. They were playing for the last possession. They were not going to give Washington an opportunity to have some sort of dumb uh, uh, big play that was going to completely crush their hearts. They said, we're having the possession last. And they played for – they kneeled at, like, what, the minute and a half, a minute 45 mark and bled the clock out um, so that they had an opportunity to um, have the last kick. And then they did. It was a 24-yard kick. That's I get that college kickers can sometimes be very inconsistent, but, like, if you if your kicker can't hit a 24-yarder, then, like, maybe it just wasn't destined. You know, that's, like, destiny. If just your like, kicker can't hit a 24-yarder, maybe you should have gone for the touchdown. It doesn't matter, though, because he did hit the 24-yarder. He did hit it. So, so I thought it was beautiful. to Jonathan Smith. Beautiful, beautiful game management, I thought, um, to really win that game and make sure that Oregon State was going to walk away from that with a victory. I thought, um, also, just real quick, Washington's defense was top 40 coming into this game also. Um, they have an elite, they have the best secondary in the Pac-12. I think that's why Chance Nolan struggled so much, um, the Oregon State quarterback. I think that's why he wasn't able to get much going. They, I think that's why Oregon State was very hesitant about letting him try to do too much. He tried to do too much, I think, on one play, and he threw a pick. Um, outside of that, he was just trying to you know bide his time and get to the next play, and I thought that was really good. Um I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was really impressed with Oregon State. I was more impressed with Oregon State than I was Arizona State just because I know that we haven't seen Oregon State's offense really tested against a good, a genuinely good defense. And they still they came out of they came out of it with a win. Washington's very talented. Um, they have a good defense like as much as much shit we, as we want to talk about Washington's offense. Their defense is still good. So I don't know. Avery, you were probably really paying attention to this game as a Beavlet fan. The biggest disappointment of this game for me is that Oregon State didn't break break that really long streak of teams scoring less than 35 points against UW. Yes. I wanted it so bad. So bad. And I think, you know, it was not as close of a game as the score shows. Like, I think they easily could have ran it in for a touchdown and held off UW from scoring, but they didn't. And... They won, and winning is what's important. So I still think – I think Oregon State's the team in the Pac-12 that I have the least questions about. Um, I was going to say earlier that my biggest issue with Arizona State is that they let Colorado score 13 points on them, and that just confuses me a lot. <laughs> like, I, I still am like, no, I can't believe you're a good team. I'm sorry. No, see, 
here's the thing that we hadn't considered about Colorado is that up to a certain point in the game, teams no longer care about stopping Colorado because they've already won the game. Like, they win the game at halftime, and at that point, they just don't care, and so Colorado gets, like, some pity points. Should we talk about the the next set of games in now that we're talking about Colorado suddenly? Oh, yeah, my bad, my bad. (laughs) Yeah, if you want, that'd that'd be fine. Um, (laughs) One thing before we do, though, uh, can, can we do a quick question on why the hell Dylan Morris is still quarterback in Washington? He is so bad. Lake might need to pull a Clay Helton here, though. Like I think, I think that Lake, in an effort to save his job, may need to give a little bit of hope. Well, the um, thing with Clay Helton is the freshman. Clay Helton waits till his starters injured. Yeah, that's the thing. To yeah, run that the okay, so like, let's run Dylan Morris then. More then. Let, let's let's. See some <laughs> wow, options. that's dark. Let's. That, that's how that works. That's I think. Terrible. Yeah, Dylan Morris <laughs> is is what's holding this Washington team back now. You're like, right. For uh, Sam Heward's sake, I hope Dylan Morris stays healthy because <laughs> I think playing in that offense is not uh, good for a quarterback's development. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit of a. It's a bit of a situation where it's like you've and it happens all the time. You got like a talented freshman, do you let them develop or, you know, or do you just say fuck it, we're going to we're going to play the kid and uh, you know, hope he does all right. I don't know. But he he did look brutal uh, for much of that game. I just don't see the upside of continuing to have Morris in there. I don't, yeah. Washington's not playing for anything. That they need the experience. So Sean McGrew did look good. We got to give we got to give some flowers to Sean McGrew, the Washington running back. I think he's been much maligned, but I thought he looked really really good in this game. So, that's all I wanted to say. Congratulations Sean McGrew for the flowers. Um, then let's talk about four teams <laughs> that probably sit somewhere at the bottom of the conference. Um, USC throttled Colorado in Boulder on Saturday, 37-14 off of some insane catches from Drake London. I Honestly, I'm not even like comfortable saying that USC won this game. Drake London went off um, and really put this thing out of reach. While Cal fell to Washington State in an ugly game, 21 to six in Berkeley. If you were following along on Twitter, Cal fans were pretty much writing the obituary for Justin Wilcox's tenure um, after the game. While in Boulder, um, uh, while in Boulder, Colorado Durrell got into some trouble for shoving a cameraman uh, as he ran off the field which he would later for apologize for. Um, it's clear now that both Darrell and Wilcox are on the hot seat. Uh, but between Cal and Colorado, which is most likely to fire their coach after the season ends, Avery? Oh, my gosh. Cal was awful. Like, a true sicko game. That was a great call, Matt. I, I wasn't even sick enough to be able to watch this entire game. It was bad. Uh, Washington State beat Cal 21-6. to and Cal made Washington State look like a solid team, which is just makes me want to barf. Like I'm like dry heaving over here. It was so <laughs> terrible to watch. Cal looked awful considering how much more talent they have than Wazoo. Bad, bad. Justin Wilcox, I'm so sorry. You're terrible at your job and need to be fired because Cal. Oh, if you make Washington State look competent, that's just sad. That's just. I think Delora threw two picks and Cal still lost 21 to six bad. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I agree. Good pick, Matt. Um, 
let it be known that this podcast is elite at picking vibes and disgusting football. Um, that's that's our brand here. Uh, as good, so estimated um, points added. I know that there's some debate. I know that Carlos has an attitude about this stat. Um, <laughs> the basic understanding of estimated points added is what are you doing compared to what your situation dictates? Based off of your position on the field, how many points should you get out of this drive? Positive means that you're doing good. Negative means that you're doing bad. Zero means that you're doing exactly what you should. Never mind all the confounding variables in here. Um, for comparison's sake, uh, Arizona State and their offense that scored 22, 42 points uh, had an offensive estimated points added of 25.16, meaning they added 25 points above their situation um, and above what you know their field position and everything like that should dictate. Uh, Cal... Um, ended up if i can pick the right tab here at negative 25 as good as arizona state was offensively and as bad as we are talking about ucla being defensively cal did that surely against a defense like utah surely against a defense like washington right no wazoo they did that against washington state they made nick rolovich look like he had an elite defense it was brutal horrible y'all and it was it was one of those situations where it was like no there's no way they can continue to be this bad right like washington state went up two scores this was my this was my point of picking it as a as a sickle game as both of these teams love going up two scores and love doing absolutely nothing else so as soon as you saw that you were like well kiss of death sorry wazoo like cal is going to figure out how to only be a negative 15 estimated points added and and is going to come and win this game and they couldn't do it it this was one of the most like one of the worst performances i've seen I, w- there's always concerns when you have a defensive coach there's been a lot of issues uh, with wilcox having an offense this was horrendous i i don't even know that colorado has looked this inept on offense i was so right i was so 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 right about justin wilcox and i love it carlos was out here saying stupid things like, <laughs> oh, Justin Wilcox is going to be the coach of the year in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah. And I, I told I him. digging he these was Greg a impressions today. These like, are amazing. I was right. I was right. And Carlos was wrong. And that's the important takeaway here. Justin Wilcox is a defensive coordinator. He'll never be anything more than that. Um, but he has two years left on his deal. Uh, and I don't think Cal cares about football enough that they'll want to pay that especially because people like carlos have been really excited about justin wilcox so it's a lot easier to talk yourself into him like picking it up next year uh so i actually think with uh uh which coach is more likely to get fired i think it's Darrell. uh in the colorado game the under managed to hit just barely depending on when you got it uh because it finished with 51 points, and for some people the total was 51, for some it was 51 and a half. Uh, I have adjusted. I'm no longer blind betting Colorado unders. I'm just blind betting on the team that is playing Colorado every week. I think that probably hits every time without even like coming close. Uh, their offense is so bad that it doesn't hold the ball long enough to save an under. It's the worst thing i've ever seen and i saw washington in week one and week two it's it's so 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 bad and i think because they are that horrifically bad Durrell has a higher chance of getting fired 
because like oh my god it is the worst i don't have words for how bad their offense is it's the worst thing in the world and so yeah Darrell has i wouldn't be surprised at all if he got fired yeah i mean it's it's horrific um and I like we're running out of ways, I think, to describe how bad Colorado's offense is. Um, I think what's funny about and that, it's getting better. That's the crazy I, part. Yeah, no, okay, that's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. Is like the funny part about Colorado USC is last week we talked about this and we were like, oh, you know, uh, Colorado scored 13 points, and Matt said, I think he's like. Well, they're going to have a big bounce back. They're going to have a huge explosion of offense. They're going to get 14 the next week. They fucking got 14 points. They got, they actually got 14 points. <laughs> um, uh, which like if I'm USC, that's kind of embarrassing. Um, that's a little embarrassing, but you know, I, like you can't really, I get it. You can't really expect a team to be perfect. And certainly Colorado, USC was just sort of, you know, just like kind of it's hard when you're playing a team that's just entirely non-competitive all the fucking time and you're up on them to just like not give them a touchdown so i i have no issues with usc's defense giving me a touchdown but man colorado's offense is uh it's actually starting to get kind of unwatchable because it's gotten it's improved a little bit and so it's no longer as funny as it was it's like oh they oh they're getting a first down now now it's just like they get one first down like every every they'll fourth with a first down and then they'll go three and out seven times in a row yeah and you and mi- then they'll score two touchdowns just to spit in your face yeah. at the end of the game yeah exactly um so I I think things are so bad right now there, and with Carl Durrell, the media instantly kind of turned on Carl, Carl Durrell when he um, pushed that cameraman and shoved him, and and that turned into a whole ordeal. Um, the like media media reporters, news stations were mentioning Rick George, the Colorado AD on Twitter, sort of saying, "Hey, you got to answer for this. Like, what the fuck is your guy doing?" Um, and <laughs> Carl Durrell issued an apology. Like when you have the media turn on you, that's not a, that's not a good sign. I, I don't like, uh, this is going to be a wild year for, for coaching changes because it feels like Colorado there. I, I just, it's unsustainable and they haven't changed anything. Like they've done, they've, I guess they did make some, I think some offensive adjustments, but nothing substantive to the point where you're like, Oh, this is, this is better now. This is a good step in the right direction. Um, so I think it's Carl Durrell, but I, I, uh, yeah. go ahead, Greg. I was just going to say, I think with those adjustments, like they made them, but at the same time, I think if USC had really cared about not letting them score and if ASU had really cared about not letting they them score, they wouldn't have anything. They might still have zero points yeah. in both of those games. They wouldn't have anything. Just by the time they scored, the game was over. Yeah. Like they wouldn't have anything. I do want to say we got it. Like, Oh, I know Matt mentioned it up front, but like Drake London's unfucking believable unbelievable like he's he by himself is must watch television we were kind of talking about what's the sickos game of the week next week um spoiler alert any game where drake london is playing is not a sickos game of the week because like it's you're like guaranteed to get some sort of highlight play where you're sort of like how the fuck did he catch that he had an an end zone throw that it looked like it looked like keaton slovis like just threw that shit away and Drake London catches it with one hand and walks and out. Blind. Too. It's like it was like the most blind. casual. I thought it got deflected, and then they're like touchdown USC, Literally and I'm like, what? Catches and then it shows it with the replay. one hand and casually walks through the end zone. 
I was like, unreal. What? And it unreal. Wasn't the best catch of the day. No. No, it he wasn't. It was catches. in the Washington State game. Yeah. Yeah. That like ridiculous one handed uh, pure Toe drag. Yeah. Like just spinning around, wild shit. Um, but Drake London had two of the top three catches of the day. So that's pretty good. I, I saw this on Twitter. It Drake London might be the best like pure wide receiver in the last decade in the Pac 12. Yeah, catching. Do you mean catching? Because I mean pure wide receiver. I know like there's Lavisca Chenault doing literally everything for that Colorado offense. I, I know that there's some other candidates there, but like I, I and I think that like Juju Smith-Schuster was maybe the best after the catch guy. But like Marquise as far as Lee, Lee was yeah, fantastic Marquise Lee catch. stupid good. Like I, but as far as a pure wide receiver, route running, ball catching, yeah, like multiple routes. I yeah. If there's a guy, I, like, if I have to get a first down. I can't think of anyone in the last decade I'd rather throw to than Drake London. Yeah, he comes up with the ball every time. It's insane. He had fourteen. Imagine targets. if he had a competent quarterback, man. Yeah, fourteen targets. Um, and 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 it, and it's it's getting to the point now where Drake London's gravity is kind of creating plays for his other receivers. Like it's it's almost like basketball that he's playing out there, which he actually does play basketball, by the way, um, yeah. for USC. Um, but like his gravity is drawing Colorado to like, during that game, drew Colorado to hone in on him. And that led to another, a, a couple of other plays from USC receivers. I yeah. think, what was his name? Taj, Taj Washington. Taj Washington. Big ones off of it. Trig, and, and uh, Triggs, uh, his other receiver. Michael last Trigg. Name, Michael Trigg. He had an he had a play. Was he the one that had that awesome uh every I don't know. It every was Drake other esque? So every other wide receiver had a one hundred percent success rate when being targeted. Oh my god. That's <laughs> that's awesome. Uh wow. Like, I'm just looking at this. You want to talk about gravity? Everybody else was elite because of him. Unbelievable. Yeah, Drake London. I was listening to um I was listening to a USC podcast, Reign of Troy. Um with Michael Castillo and Alicia Deratola and and they were sort of talking about you know they they're they're like talking about what it is what what you're watching for now as a USC fan because you're not just like you know it's kind of a lost season and their one thing is like we just want to see Drake London win the Bolitnikoff award and um it feels like you know the the award for the best receiver and it's like it has to be him like I don't know that anyone's doing what he's doing right now like it's it's shocking. Um, it's 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 amazing. Like I'm really excited to see USC games just because of what Drake London might do. So insane, yeah. uh, breathtaking. It's, it's amazing. USC's wasting him like this. Is he the Pac-12's offensive fun. player of the year right now? I think Without he's a doubt. the front runner right now. It's between yeah. him and Verdell. Yeah, yeah. All right. So now that we've talked about the games, and and there's not twelve of them, which again, so nice. Uh, let's unveil our Pac-12 podcast power rankings. Uh, each week, we have podcasters from around the Pac-12 rank the Pac-12 teams, and we compile them and share them every Monday. Um, thanks to our voters from Gate 13 Podcast, the Golden uh, California Golden Bear Pod- Bearcast, uh, All We Hear is Purple, Trojan's Wire, and the Free Ballin' Pod, uh, the Utah Man Podcast, the Quack 12 Podcast, and of course, ourselves. Um, we waited ours 10 times, everybody else's. Sorry, everyone. Because <laughs> we are correct. Um, starting from the bottom, uh, the idle Arizona 
doesn't have the chance to um, to move up and stays at 12. Colorado stays at 11. I'm curious, did that did that did the voting get closer on that? More unanimous bit. towards a Arizona? Bit. A little bit. I voted Colorado number 12. I did. Colorado <laughs> scoring 14 points, and and all of a sudden everybody thinks they're decent. Um, Cal comes in at number 10. Washington State coming in at number nine. Washington at number eight, um, and then Utah at number seven to bring up the bottom half. Uh, of the conference usc gets the number six stanford at number five ucla at number four oregon falls to three and then up at the top of the conference number two oregon state and arizona state uh arizona state getting the nod at number one uh any thoughts on this list uh i was just gonna say arizona arizona state i mean uh getting first uh makes my preseason prediction look nice I feel like much less of a moron for that than I did after they lost to BYU, but uh, I still voted Oregon number one. I still think they're the best team in the conference, and that they'll end the season with the championship. So, yeah, yeah, uh, not too many thoughts. I feel like this is close to what I had it. Um, I don't think I was shocked. I was shocked, you know, because I'm the one who compiles these things. I was shocked that people, namely Avery and and Greg, had Oregon number one, and I get that that seems reasonable. But, like, uh, I don't know. I just – have they looked like the best team? I don't think they've looked like the best team. We kind of gave them a pass because of their win against Ohio State. But, like, I don't know. But, I mean, whatever. Like, it's these uh, – they're, they're not at, they're not elite at the two most important positions in this sport, at quarterback and at coach. They're, they're just not – quarterback and coach management, like, they're just not elite. And that, that provides a lot of variance for that team. Well, we know in the Pac-12 that Mario Cristobal is a better coach than a lot of coaches in the Pac-12. Just he, I think he's a worse in-game coach than all of them, but the fact yeah. that he's so good at acquiring talent just overcomes that nine it, times out of ten, including including coaching talent. But yeah, he's yeah he can they can Oregon's can still be the best team in the Pac-12 despite Mario Cristobal's shortcomings. I don't think. Arizona State is the same way with Herm Edwards. So that's the rivalry talking, though. I still don't. 13 <laughs> points. Colorado scored 13 points on Arizona State. I'm. I'm still not <laughs> sure. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. I'm my biggest and kind of intrigue. What one of the things that I love doing with this list is comparing it to what I think I should see in the AP poll. Um, I genuinely think Stanford should be ranked. I think they should be the worst ranked Pac-12 team. Um, but I think that they take. should be ranked. I think they should be ranked in the AP poll right now. That's hot take. Um, Over Oregon they, State. No, no, no. I think Oregon State should absolutely be ranked too. My, my, my idea is I take like who do I think is the lowest and then everybody that's ranked above them in this poll, should they be ranked too, right? Like I, I kind of start there and work my way up. Um and so looking at this, like UCLA, Oregon, Oregon State, Arizona State, should all of them be ranked as well? It's kind of how I like, does that make sense that they should be above them? And should they all be ranked in the AP poll? Um, which I just, I just kind of find interesting. I mean, is, is, does UCLA look like they're the 24th you know, best team? I'd, I'm not sitting here saying Stanford should be number 15 in the country by any means, but um, kind of an interesting exercise in that way. Uh, yeah, I think all 12 of these teams should be ranked in the top 25. Um, I think all of the other conferences are 
horrible. Um, and I'd rank don't them. Don't know why they try. I'd rank them one to twelve exactly as we have them here, and then someone else can figure out what to do with the other thirteen spots. Also, AP, give us a vote, please. Give us a vote. Give us a vote, <laughs> AP. We're definitely not biased. All right. Well, if there's nothing else on that, let's move on to doing a little stonks. That allegedly is is an official New York Stock Exchange bell sound. Uh, allegedly, um, this is not an endorsement of the stock market. And in fact, please abolish the stock market, except for the Pac-12 football stock market that is official and trademarked. And you can't have that. Um, please go to Pac-12footballstockmarket.biz. Uh, <laughs> we will do a deposit match. What, um, do, you, what, any, do, you, what do you think we would happen <laughs> if we went to Pac-12 football? <laughs> what is it? Pac-12football.biz? Uh, Pac-12footballstockmarket. Dot vid, dot biz. Uh, S-T-C-K, by the way. The O. Was, I, oh, yes. You can't do the O. <sighs> Please tell me that domain's available. That domain it's has, a, to, has be to be available. It's available. Uh, why, would it, why would we think otherwise? Are we going to buy it? Step off, George Klaikoff. <laughs> That's ours. That's ours. <laughs> All right. So first, what's one team you think people should buy right now? Um, a team you think whose stock is low but will skyrocket by the end of the season, Greg? You get the you get to go first on the value buy. Okay, so first and foremost, there must be a disclaimer that uh, investing in anyone within the Pac-12, aside from Colorado being bad, <laughs> is a bad financial decision. <laughs> yes, I can't, in good conscience, this is recommend not... investing in anyone. Uh, that being said, always always use your own discretion and professional <laughs> advice when investing in the Pac-12 football stock market. Yeah. Because of this, I'm going to pick the lamest of all picks, and I'm going to go with Oregon because I don't think their stock is ever going to be lower, and they're the team I trust most to win the Pac-12 title. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, yeah, it's pretty simple. They just they can be really, really good when they want to, and I think they'll make it to the title game, and when they get there, I definitely think they'll win. And, uh, yeah, me saying this definitely guarantees two more losses for Oregon, though. So congratulations, <laughs> Oregon State. Uh, yeah. I think that was a super boring pick. Um, I was shocked. I don't know. I didn't really think of them I being guess the low. Re- I guess yeah. the reasoning's fair, but I think it's a super boring pick, and I'm mad that you chose it. Um, Avery I'm, wanted that pick. I No, I'm going to go with Oregon State. I know, I know their stock should be high. But the entire country thinks Oregon State is a bad team it's right true. now. We just it's ranked true. them number two in our poll. The what do you mean? The entire country thinks That's Oregon true. State is bad we right know now. The entire everybody country is dumb. Everybody on Twitter, when I tweeted out that Oregon State is being underappreciated, said their losses aren't. I mean, their wins aren't good, and they lost to Purdue. And I'm like, you are a casual. Please watch other football games, <laughs> or they're just sad UW fans that think their team is the worst team on earth, which <laughs> their offense probably is. Point, point of Colorado. note: Is the Pac-12 football stock market is is that a national market, or are we just I a thought Pacific? it was just a Pac-12. Are we just a Pacific and Mountain Time? That's how I approach. I think stock it's market. up to interpretation. It could be up to interpretation. <laughs> Who knows? Anyways, yeah. as long as Oregon State isn't ranked i think that's abomination and i think they are going to continue to rise um and while they aren't ranked they won't fall victims to their own graveyard in corvallis so this is good you should invest in <laughs> oregon state so my pick is uh usc um 
I considered this, it. This they are dirt, dirt cheap right now. I'm talking penny stock right now. Um, this is this this is such an easy buy. Like it cannot get worse than it is right now. You are not going to lose money on this. And they're they still could the lose mo- to Utah in the Coliseum for the first time ever. That's it could still, get worse. Dude, that doesn't make it worse. <laughs> that really doesn't. <laughs> That's not getting worse. They're still the most talented team in the Pac-12 South. And we just talked about how we're not really convinced by anybody in the Pac-12 South still. I, I know they already have two conference losses. They could still win the South. They could still end up in the conference championship. Um, and, again, it's just it can't get any worse. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I thought about it, but uh, I don't want to be accused of pandering because I hate all three of you. But I'm gonna pick Utah. Um, I think I considered them also. Yeah, I Utah think Utah. Fan Carlos. Utah is uh, like, uh, if you want to talk about value, they're they're dirt. You can get in on Utah very dirt cheap. I, I you know, with USC, it's like you can get them on, on sort of at the floor of what, where USC can be, but you sort of expect them to always go up. And there's all these there's all this volatility. Utah, this is like you can get in for just get in for a paperclip right now um that's what you, you gotta wait until after they lose to usc inevitably next week i don't know even cheaper i will get to this in our picks but i don't think that that's happening um i think utah has Your sweet summer spirit <laughs> utah has <laughs> a utah yeah. has a top three defense their quarterback is brutal but maybe a little unproven their offensive line in pat and pass protection <laughs> the pass protection is pretty brutal, um, but their running game is good and has looked okay. And I, I trust Utah to like get incrementally better more than I do, frankly, any of these other teams. Um, so I'm my my I'm gonna use whatever pennies I have out of my pocket um, to exploit myself further and pick up Utah because I think I think by the end of this we'll we'll start. Look, Arizona State, it's the Pac-12 South is theirs to lose, but they will lose it, and it's a matter of them gaining it back. And who's going to be on their heels? I think it's going to be Utah. I'm old enough to remember the last time that Carlos said that Utah uh, was the one that he trusted. Um, that was a week ago. Was it was last week. <laughs> You're one week old. We're tired, Carlos. All right. I thought it was before the San Diego State loss. It doesn't matter. I think he said it then, too. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Stop saying it. Hey, hey, hey! Undefeated. Utah's undefeated since that. That's true. One of three. Uh, yeah. One of three undefeated Pac-12 teams um, in Pac-12 play. All right. So time to sell. Pick us. Give us one team that we are sell, sell, sell on. You are there. Their stock is way too high, and we expect it to go down. Avery, start us off. Arizona State. Arizona State <laughs> is the answer. <laughs> Arizona State stock way too high right now. Herm Edwards is not a good coach. And like Carlos said, they're incredibly undisciplined. And I think they're not going to stay. They're not going to stay up there. They have to go play in Corvallis later this year, guys. Actually, I was thinking about that game. A little bit of a tangent here. They play Corvallis in November. I think like November 20th. Can you imagine if Arizona State and Oregon State were both ranked for that game. What would happen? What happens? The fabric of the universe would just like, just completely. Collapse. I think. I think it would oh, go to like oh, twenty State. overtimes. 
welcoming <laughs> a ranked opponent into the graveyard. That is unfathomable. Like that's the only reason. It might break. It might break every Pac-12 curse. Like that's... that might be the kind of thing that just breaks <laughs> every fucking we... Pac-12 curse we have. The Pac-12 network it gets deleted after that game. <laughs> go ahead, Matt. What are you Y'all, trying to we, say? Can we go to that? I, I'm not should. joking. Can well, we really the, go to that? That is the only reason I want Arizona State to do well. Is because I think that would just like bring me more joy. Like two ranked teams playing in Corvallis, Oregon, would bring me more joy than anything else possibly could. But I think Oregon State's stock is way too high, especially since they ended up being ranked number one in our. You mean Arizona State. State? Fuck! You didn't even confuse. <laughs> we'll get to Oregon State being too high when it gets <sighs> to me. Arizona State is going to blow this because Herm Edwards is not a good coach and you can't be saved by the running game. I know that well. I'm a Utah fan. Um, So you should sell your Arizona State stock. So I've been saying this since our previews and you would have known this had you followed along and we would be flipping our bet here because we we bought low on UCLA. We knew they were going to do well. In the preseason, in in the games that didn't count and didn't matter, and we knew that as soon as everything counted, we were going to be really, really disappointing. So I, we are buying, we we are selling the crap. We're we're shorting UCLA. That is we're that is dying. Um, I fully expect UCLA to at best get four wins in the Pac-12 throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, you took my pick. Um, I was also going to say UCLA, and I kind of think that they're losing uh, to Arizona. Um, that's my. That's what it feels like to me. So if I don't have them, I feel like um, I'd want to sell on. I'd want to sell on Stanford. I think Stanford is getting a lot of in Pac-12 circles, getting a lot of love. And I think nationally maybe getting a little bit of love just because of the Oregon game. They got some votes in the Pac-12 poll, I'm pretty sure. Um, or in the AP poll. Um, they have to get votes in the Pac-12 poll. Um, so I, I would sell on Stanford. I, I just am not – they don't have a good run defense, and that's going to be a recipe for disaster. In in the North, which I think has a good number of running backs there that can exploit that, um they don't have a ground game themselves can't really rely on tanner mckee he's a first time starter you're gonna rely on him to to solve all of your offensive woes i I, i'm picking stanford um i'd sell i'd sell now i think getting basemented might be still in the cards for them i'm not convinced about them i don't know just have a bad feeling about them so uh avery I just close your ears for this part. Uh, I'm definitely selling. I'm selling Oregon oh, State sock. Uh, they could very well have a great season, but there's probably only like two or three teams in the conference that have highish stock right now. One of those teams is Oregon State, and Oregon State has drastically less talent than every team they're gonna play. You sound like Carlos. At, at some point, that'll catch up to them. No matter how good Jonathan Smith is, it's gonna catch up to them. I yeah. want to talk. I want to talk about Oregon State schedule really quick. So next week they go to um, Wazoo, and then they get Utah at home. They go to Cal, then they go to Colorado, then they get Stanford at home, and then Arizona State at home. I just think there's no way they're going to win the North. And while we're sort of entertaining the possibility that they will, I figure might as well sell because 
Uh, it's it's a good sell considering who's off the board. Honestly, I, is anybody else in the Pac-12 high right now? Does anybody else have a high stock? Yeah, I don't think so. Unless you think like, you know, unless you think Washington is not worth much now, and you think they're going to be worth a whole hell of a lot less, but I don't think I don't think they're floored. I don't that think that's low. possible. Yeah. They can't get as low as they've already been. Yeah, they lost to an FCS team. A reminder for all those UW fans listening. <laughs> wow. Rude. Yeah, have we let them forget that? Has it been 24 every hours day, yet? Every day on Twitter. It's just, Gotta uh, be you lost to Montana, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Lastly, um, what's one team that's a steady investment? Okay, we're looking for Walmart here. Um, they may not wa- reach the high highs. But they're also not reaching the low lows, a stable team with some consistent growth. Carlos, where are you going with this one? Oh, boy. Just uh, I'm going to say this is hard. This is hard. Just sort of looking at this. And I didn't I didn't do my necessary preparation. I'm going to say I'm going to say Utah again. I know. You can't do Utah again. (laughs) You don't. Yeah. What? You Choose a different you team. Them to, you pick them Choose as your low team. value. Choose a different team. Oh god. Okay. Um. Then I'm gonna pick. I don't know. Stable, consistent growth for any of us. All right. We're moving on. Shut okay, up. Go, I'll start. Yeah. Let yeah. me go, go ahead. Yes. I'm picking Utah because I didn't pick oh, Utah. Oh wow. Already. You guys are fucking stupid. One Fuck team off. that's a steady investment. They may not reach the high highs, and they're also not reaching the low lows. That describes Utah. They're a stable this is, team. This with some might as well be the Utah growth. stock. Just this name it the Utah stock. stock. Utah is so <laughs> just gonna stay. Entire mutual funds have been named Utah stock. Yeah. Like, what are you... Utah's did not gonna you bottom just, out. Did you all just did you all just dogpile me that you okay? We had, well, you said you were you said Utah was gonna go high. Yeah. You can't say Utah is yeah, the you stock dip to shit. buy. Belief? Are like you kidding me? And then be like, well, they're consistent too. Like, dude, <laughs> you wrote you this. Just, you all just died. <laughs> You, you knew all, what was coming. You all just dogpiled me so you could all pick Utah. Well, you no, can, because you picked you already Utah picked to go Utah. high. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, Greg. Who are you going to pick for them, me, Greg? No, for me, to this question, I just have one word. No, I'm not. I'm not. Fuck <laughs> you. I'm not answering this question. I'm not investing, I'm not investing in stability in the Pac-12. Were you born this morning? Not a chance. Never. I won't do it. <laughs> Own that freak. Greg. <laughs> well, let me let me rebuke. I I shall rebuke with two words: competent Stanford. That's a good point. That's a good point. They might do it, but no, I'm not doing it. It's the Pac-12. <laughs> and who knows hedge funds better than Stanford? Good pick. That's right. <laughs> That's a good. That's point. right. That's a great point. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Maximizing return. Carlos, did you figure somebody out? Uh, no. Don't care. We're moving on. All right, let's get, <laughs> let's get to picking next week's games. We have a very light week. Uh, four games next week. Um, I I don't even think we need to do a two screener. I think we may we may get big screen duties on all of these games here. Uh, Washington, Oregon, Cal, and Colorado. Three of the sickos candidates off this week. My goodness, by week, you're a sicko. Uh, our first game is a weeknight game, the Friday Nighter start. 7.30 Pacific, 8.30 Mountain. Stanford travels to Tempe. 
uh, to play Arizona State. ASU is a nine and a half point favorite right now. Greg, who wins? Who covers? Uh, I'm nervous about betting anyone who's more than a touchdown favorite. And Stanford's DBs are better than UCLA's, so ASU's not going to have those receivers running wild like they did last week. But I still think US, yeah, ASU's going to win and cover because they've got that great running game. But unlike Oregon, they also have a quarterback who can make plays when Stanford does stop the run once every like four downs or whatever. So I think I think uh, ASU's going to be able to move the ball pretty well. Uh, and I don't think Stanford's going to be able to move it quite as consistently. So ASU to win and cover. Yeah, I agree with Greg on everything he said. I think ASU is going to win this just because Jaden Daniels is a much more competent quarterback. But it's a Friday night game on the Pac-12. So with the Pac-12, it's on ESPN. But it's a Pac-12 Friday night game, so some weird shit's going to happen here. And if you factor that in, I don't think Arizona State's going to cover that spread. So. Give me Arizona State to win, but Stanford's going to cover that. Don't yeah, feel good about it. It's a Friday night game, which means the road team is going to get absolutely ran. Um, the 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 weird shit here is that Stanford is going to get destroyed. This is not going to be a close game. Um, Arizona State legitimately may run for 350 yards in this one. Carlos, who you got? Um, logic and reason says Arizona State and Arizona State big... I know that the road Friday night teams, road weekday teams are the ones that struggle, but there's something weird about this Stanford team. I am going to pick, I'm going to pick Arizona State to win, but like really close, like by three points or less. Um, So it's Arizona State for me. Fun fact, it is week five and you may already be eliminated from our points pool here, from our picks pool here, uh, logic and reason would suggest. So, you know, I guess that we can go with that. Uh, the next day, moving on to Saturday, are the mighty, the mighty Oregon State Beavers travel to Pullman to play Washington State at 1 p.m. Pacific to Mountain. Oregon State is a three-point favorite on the road. Avery, who wins, who covers? Okay, listen to me very closely. If you watch the Oregon State UW game, you might be tempted to say the Oregon State Beavers are not as good as we think they are. Listen to me. You want to put a lot of money on Oregon State to cover here. They are going to destroy Washington State. It's not going to be close. So if you bet, put if you don't bet, put money on this line before it changes more. It is ridiculous how small this is. Oregon State is going to beat Washington State by at least three scores, and I don't have any questions about that. Yeah, um... I- <laughs> Utah beat Washington State by a lot. Certainly like Arizona or Oregon State to be better. I don't know though. These are two elite day drinking colleges. I I'm a little concerned about the daytime time here. Man, I really want to pick Wazoo here. Pick Wazoo. Just do it. Do you it. can extend your lead. You have the one the two game cushion. No, it's all do it. Oh yeah, it is two game. Do it. Let's do it. I, I think I think Delora pulls something out here. Wow. I, I think I think Delora pulls something out. I think I think the magic may wear off on on Beavlet here. Uh, that's a tough. I don't know why three point favorite is shocking to me. Just like it was shocking that Washington was initially favored here. 
I, I I don't know what I'm missing. Maybe Pullman is just wild, but like, I don't know. Corvallis is a weird place to play. I, give me Oregon State. I, don't, I have no clue what the hell Vegas is thinking here. I don't know what's going on. It gives me very, very, very weird vibes, but I'm picking Oregon State to win by like two touchdowns. Yeah, um, being in Pullman in the day and Carlos picking them concerns me. And Matt picking Wazoo makes me want to pick Wazoo. However, I refuse to abandon logic and reason now. Oregon State should kick the shit out of Wazoo. They're so much better. Uh, so yeah, well, uh, Oregon State to win and cover by a lot. Awesome. Okay, we go to the nightcaps. Uh, at primetime on Big Fox, couple of college football blue buds uh, going at it. Um, <laughs> the heavyweight battle between Utah uh, and USC in the Coliseum, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain. USC is a three and a half point favorite. Carlos, does Utah get their first win in a thousand years? Uh, Oregon State did. Oregon State did. Um, Oregon, and Oregon State, State has a good offense. And Oregon State <laughs> has played USC a whole hell of a lot uh, more than Utah has. The curse is like 50 years shorter. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say Utah wins this game. I think, I think USC's offense is kind of anemic sometimes. I think defensively they can get kind of, kind of taken or taken for a ride sometimes. So I think Utah's going to figure figure something out. Finally break this goddamn curse. Uh, Avery, your rebuttal. All right. If 2019 Utah couldn't do it, 2021 Utah is not going to do it especially not on prime time. I'm sorry. This is not happening. Like USC is not good. Utah, I don't know. Utah might be fine, but they're playing in the Coliseum. They're not winning that game. I'm not picking Utah to win that game until they actually win it. So it's it's going to be Utah. Ooh, I don't know. If they, USC. It's going to be Utah losing. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Fuck, I think uh, USC covers, too. Drake London's yeah, so fucking good. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick I'm, USC to cover. I, it feels bad and it hurts, but Utah needs to prove me wrong eventually. Drake London is going to make Devin Lloyd his child. Actually wrong. Fucking make Devin, Devin Lloyd, Lloyd will not, not be covering cover. Drake oh, London. Oh, you don't think yeah. he's going to throw over the short? You don't think he's going to go over the middle at any point? No. No, he'll be scared okay. of Have Devin you never Lloyd. watched a Utah-USC game? No, it's They'll go down. I know that's the yeah. only game that you will watch. <laughs> that away, sir. Don't don't cross the hashes. Go that way, Carlos. We we have experience. Go very straight, things. very far. All of our hearts have been broken many times by a USC Utah game in the Coliseum. I'm not I'm not picking Utah to win or cover ever in that game until they do. So yeah, USC to win and cover for all the reasons Avery said. The only reason Utah might win is because the circumstances are so bad that because it's the Pac-12, maybe that's what finally breaks the curse. Just everything being against them going into it, except for, I guess, USC being terrible too. But yeah, USC to win and cover. Uh, my analysis is very simple here. Um, is Utah playing in LA? Yes. Does USC have an elite wide receiver that can absolutely break a game? Yes. Does USC have a live body that can throw a football more than 11 yards down the field at playing quarterback? Yes. Ah, TBD. No, shut up. Shut <laughs> up. Shut up. He, this is a lead analysis. Shut up. He can do it. I'm certain somebody is a live body that can do it. I, mean, I will go Matt and do Fink it. Is Matt Fink still on their team? 
Where's Matt Fink at? Is Matt Fink there? Not. We're fucked if Matt Fink is on their team. Honestly, Jackson Dart has one good knee. He could still do he it. Could It'd still be fine. It's true. Yeah. Um, anyways, I'm picking Utah. Um, and <laughs> lastly, wow. our Wow. <laughs> swerve, swerve. I Matt feel so bad about that cushion. one. Um, I feel better about Wazoo winning. Our last, our lone Pac-12 after dark game, UCLA travels to Tucson. Oh my gosh, wait a minute. I forgot. Shoot. That's the Sickos game, by the way. Which game? Oh, Utah-USC. Utah-USC is the Sickos game. That's why I have Utah winning it, because the only beautiful thing about that would be Drake London, and I think for some reason it doesn't happen. So it's going to be gross, gross football, y'all. Oh, no. So right gross. Now? Nope, I'm not wishing an injury. I would never do that. <laughs> Drake London's gonna Some. miss the game because of like COVID non COVID related illness, maybe? I don't know. Because he got stuck in traffic. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I don't know. He'd like immediately retire and is prepping for the and for the NFL draft. He should do that. Or NBA actually. draft, maybe. Yeah, both. That's fine. Um Sickos <laughs> game in prime time. That's brutal. On Big Fox. Like those those poor people. Y'all, the lead into this game is Iowa Penn State. Like Don't watch this those game. Poor people <laughs> that lose the remote. They lose the remote in the first quarter of that Iowa Penn State game and watch that ten to three grossness and then get stuck on this one. Oh, I feel so bad. Um, okay, let's move on. Our last and our lone Pac-12 after dark game. UCLA traveling to the desert to Tucson to play Arizona. UCLA is a seventeen point favorite. Oregon, who wins and who covers? Oregon. She's called Greg Oregon. Why are we calling? That, are Oregon? you Oregon? <laughs> Shit. You're just <laughs> We're calling each other. <laughs> what in the? It's infecting. Hold on, arrange. Wow. Okay, actually, can we rearrange the letters in Greg's name? Do we get close to Oregon? We get sure. No, because there's two. There's two G's in Greg. Yeah. Only one G in Oregon. Sadly. Uh, would like to know who Oregon thinks will will win it. Entire state, please add us. No truck stop spot. <laughs> I think I think UCLA is going to win, but Arizona is going to cover. I won't go as far as saying Arizona will win because I just I can't I can't pick them to win a game. At least I won't I won't entertain the possibility of Arizona winning a game until they play Colorado. And then I'll think about it. But until then, I can't pick them to win a game. So UCLA to win, Arizona to cover. Despite the vibes. Avery, what's the vibe read? All right, this is my bad vibes game of the week. All right, this is the game that I, so far, out of the... All the games I've picked is my bad vibes game. This is the one I feel the worst about because Arizona hasn't won a game in two years, which makes the vibes so much worse. They're coming off of a bye, and it's in Arizona in the desert really, really late at night. I think UCLA is 0-2 for 730 Pacific time kickoff game kickoff times. So vibes are f- really bad. The research. The vibe research. Arizona, I just, this is stuff I see on Twitter. This is why she's the best. <laughs> I love it. Arizona's bad. Arizona is so bad. They should not win. I don't feel good about them winning. If UCLA loses to Arizona, that would be so funny. I... It's going to happen now, though, because I said it. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
Arizona is going to win their first game in two years against the ranked. Is UCLA ranked? Nope. Nope. Never mind. Yeah, not anymore. Not ranked UCLA. Ah, oh, damn. That make it improves more fun. the vibes. But it's 17 points. Oh my gosh. It's too you many should damn points. Bet this line now. But yeah, UCLA is gonna lose. I've been thinking this for like over a week that UCLA loses this game. Arizona's coming off of a bye. If Fish is a good coach, this is where he shows it. Um, somehow gets McLeod to. That's our quarterback's name, right? McLeod to tear apart UCLA's defensive backs. Oh. That'd be amazing. I'm also really pissed off that Matt has gotten to pick after me in every single one of these. Who's wrote? Who wrote this? I've it's, only faded you once. It's twice. Me, it's oh, me. I did it twice. All, oh, wow. All the times. Anyways. Wow. Yep. Arizona's going to win. It's going to be really, really terrible game to watch, but I'm very excited. I love this vibe read so much. Um Reminder that if McLeod doesn't throw 800 interceptions against Oregon, Oregon has two losses right now. Um, maybe Arizona isn't as bad as we think. I don't know. I just hate teams coming off of early uh, season bye weeks, so I'm still picking UCLA. Um, but I think this one is much closer uh, than the 17. Arizona for sure covers this. Yeah, um, I'm of two minds here. UCLA is not a bad team, and against Arizona State, they did kind of collapse a little bit, but even then, I thought they were mm, competitive for about a half, kind of. Um, I don't think UCLA is a bad team, but my primary thing is, um, are, is UCLA going to collapse? Like, was this was that Arizona State game a gut punch? And are they just sort of like, what are we playing for now? Um... I'm going to pick Arizona. Um, I'm going to pick Arizona to beat UCLA. Uh, one wild stat, I tweeted this out. Um, each of UCLA's last three head, coach, uh, head coaches, the season that they were fired, they lost to Arizona in Tucson. Each of the last, Carl Durrell That's in insane. 2007. Uh, so you're just manifesting Rick, this. Yeah, Carlos Rick News. Exactly. I'm Rick <laughs> Neuheisel in 2011 and Jim Moore in 2017. All lost to Arizona in Tucson. Um, I'm at the point where I might be rooting for some losses to get rid of Chip Kelly. So I, I, I'm i going to say Arizona. I don't feel good about it, but I think Arizona might actually win this one. I would like to point out with all of my bad vibes games so far, I'm the only one that picks that game, that team to win. So Carlos might have just fucked up my bad vibes. Oh. So if Arizona loses, this is all Carlos's fault, that's, and that's why Chip Kelly will remain in your LA. B- your oh. bad vibes versus my UCLA trauma. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. That's all the games. Um, get in front of the TV. You only need one this week. Thank goodness. Uh, we're almost out of here. But as always, we have a quick truck, truck stop to take to talk about some Pac-12 news. Quickly here, Miami Media uh, is talking about putting Miami Hurricanes head coach Manny Diaz on the hot seat, and the discourse is hot around Mario Cristobal being a potential target for the job. Cristobal apparently turned down the job per our buddy Andrew Hobner on Twitter. Um, And then the Pac-12 basketball TV broadcast schedule was released last Wednesday, uh, September 29th, uh, 
yeah, is when it was released. I don't know why the date matters there. Um, seven because games. when you say last Wednesday, I wrote this. When you say last Wednesday, no one knows when that is. But okay, go ahead. Nobody, everybody listens to these immediately. This is live, <laughs> this is live radio, you idiot. Um, 70 games will be broadcast on national TV networks, while 144 will be on the Pac-12 networks. Any reaction to any of these? Mario's not taking that job. He's not. It's, it's his dream job. Down. It's his dream job. It's not. It's his dream job. How do you, That's what people say. Just saying. People say it could be his dream job. Do you know what reporting is, Carlos? We've been over this already. He's not taking that job. It's a step down for every reason except that it's Miami. It's a step down. That doesn't mean he's not going to take it. I think he could take it. I think he'd totally take it. It's, he's a Miami person. Like, what is I, it I think with this perceived it. pipeline of Oregon to Florida head coaching job? This is they, so that, they get their coaches from there. It's their fault. He, Florida yeah. State is a better job than Oregon. Miami is not. He won't have the bag man he has in Oregon at Miami, though. And not I yet. Think not yet. He won't have anything that he, he won't has have in Nike. Oregon. I yeah, think Nike that makes matters. a huge difference for his recruiting. Um, I am just once again begging the Pac-12 to give me a direct subscription model um, so that really? I don't have to really? keep stealing uh, my mother-in-law's Xfinity login, um, allegedly. 144 games. I, I cannot wait until we get the press release at the end of the ac- at the end of the year, the end of the academic sports year, whatever, where it's like Pac-12 network hit, networks hits record viewership. It's like yeah, because you're putting all of the fucking games on the Pac-12 networks that no one's watching and nobody wants like, to buy slings. The four four no truck stops fucking degenerates are watching this shit. Uh, your know. viewership triples easy good news though underseeded in the ncaa tournament so we'll have a fun march that'll be great oh, yeah. oh, let's go was, i need another let's I go my hot march was eight. electric eight. eight is too many that's too many who who utah's getting in greg utah's <laughs> floor God. with this team is utah state and utah state was in <laughs> here's here's against here it wyoming is. oregon state <laughs> oregon ucla arizona arizona state uh, who am I missing? Stanford. Uh, Washington State. I don't think Stanford, I don't think they're going to get yeah, in. Yeah, I don't think Stanford gets in. I don't uh, know. Stanford recruits, though. Like, they recruit in a way that most of those other teams don't. Yeah, uh, Colorado. And I'm missing another one. I had it, I had it written down somewhere. Oregon. Arizona schools. Uh, did I say Oregon? I did say Oregon. We should talk about this more when it's not football when season. Not, uh, yeah, that's we need fair. to do a basketball episode. Anyway. I need a less than seven. We're getting eight. Yes. But anyway, yep. it's my hot. All time. right. Let's get the hell out of here. Thank you for listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We, we have a very, very, very inspirational life coaching Instagram. Very important that you follow this, uh, for myself at Matt Niber on Twitter, uh, Avery at brave grapes on Twitter, Greg at Mike Connolly's on Twitter. And the doctor, uh, the cat troll, Carlos, at Twitter user Equity Bruin on Twitter. Please remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. The rest of you shut up. We're out of here. Not even one. Rumors still and thick with smoke. So thick it makes you choke. The crowd falls in. The coffee's kicking in my patience and wearing Said I'm lonelier than a single sex on a quiet city street. Things aren't always green on the sunny side of the street. And I don't mind if the sun don't shine. Bloody weather suits me fine. Pouring up the best wine on the boat tonight. I think I'll be.
superstar.